0: hello everyone this is julio again with another episode for my guiding you podcast and youtube channel well i'm here on location again here in um, the home that i'm constructing we're currently in the drywall stage so house is coming along and as i mentioned in the prior episode this house has been a blessing to us in more ways than one in terms of its construction and how all the resources came together in order to be able to um you know purchase this home cash you know uh and uh again as i mentioned last week it's i tell you these things because my intention is not to brag but to simply share with you what's possible when you allow God to be a financial counselor to you. It's one of those important areas of our lives, of course. So God functions in that way. And since the last episode I had a, uh, my wife and I had another major blessing. We also just purchased another investment property. and again, not to brag and all, this, but to simply say that this is possible for anyone who allows themselves to be instructed by God for every area of their life, including how you handle your finance in terms of what to invest and how to invest and how to save. God has something to say about all of that if we experience God in that way. So enough about that. Let's now get into part three of this series that I'm doing called The Garden of Eden from its allegorical perspective. To begin with, in part one, we went into uh, how the, the, the whole story of the Garden of Eden is actually an allegory story filled with symbolism that describes God planting himself within the human body and brain. And then I shared with you in that episode what an allegory actually is. And then in part two of this series, we went into the importance of understanding and teaching scripture from their allegorical perspectives. And by allegories... We're talking about proverbs, uh, parables, what the Bible talks about, uh, says about types and shadows, um, and even mysteries, all under the umbrella of what the Bible calls dark sayings. So I shared in the last episode, not just uh, the perspective of the garden, even from its dark saying or allegorical perspective, but the purpose of it. And as I shared before in the prior episodes, when I talk about allegorical understanding of the scriptures, all of them, have one focus, and that's one focus only, and that is, it has something to do with experiencing the mind of God within our minds. So all of these stories that we have in their allegorical readings or interpretations, parables and all that, if you dig deep into definitive ruler perspectives, what you'll discover is that they all are talking about the same experience, just different characters, different settings, and different experiences. And then in this episode, I want to go into uh, revisiting the importance of understanding the Bible from dark saint perspectives, and again, to uh, re-strengthen their purpose in terms of why they're written in the way that they're written. And then I also want to go into how the comparison of three major parts of the anatomy of the brain are likened to Adam, Eve, and the serpent. And the four inherent thinking processes within it, which you've heard me share numerous times what those are. Those inherent thinking processes that we have access to is the hearing or the voice of God or the thought process of God, hearing the voice or the thought process of reasoning, hearing the voice or the thought processes of ourselves, and of course, hearing the voice or the thought processes of evil. And then what I'm going to do in this episode is also go into their relation to what the Bible calls a spiritual mind, the natural mind and the carnal mind. And then the following this episode, I'm going to go into how to dress and keep the garden within your mind, including your tree of knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life, just like Jesus kept his, dressed and kept his as a human being. And as I mentioned before, I'm gonna be sharing some clues for those of you who wanna go Hey, maybe you can find them, or maybe you're already aware of them. But clues to this are found in Jesus' teaching about the four parables, or the, excuse me, the four soils, and also in the Our Father who art in heaven, prayer lesson that he taught concerning his very own prayer life. And then in that lesson also, in the next episode, I'm also going to share with you understanding the constructive side of the serpent, which you'll get a little bit more of that today as well as we build upon this. So let's go to work. To begin with, I want to, again, revisit the importance of understanding dark sayings. Dark sayings, uh, what falls under those things of, of dark sayings from a biblical perspective are parables, allegories, mysteries, types, and shadows. And as I mentioned in the last episode, when we define dark sayings, the, pur- the, the way it's defined, it's, it's defined as a riddle that is purposed to divide the hear from the listener. In other words, the purpose of the parables is to be more conscious. Of what is being said and the reason why we want to be conscious of what is being said or taught because we're always going to be looking for something related to them that has to do about experiencing the mind of God within our mind as a teaching spirit or how to go within our minds in order to experience that inner divine experience and education so I went into Proverbs chapter 1 verses 5 and 6 and Psalms chapter 78 verses 1 and 4 to kind of show you why it's important to understand many of the biblical stories from their allegorical perspectives. And the reason why is Proverbs chapter 1 says it very clear. A wise man or woman will hear and increase in learning and a man or a, and a woman of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. And remember what I shared with you, what wise counsels is, whatever you're experiencing, the mind of God within your mind is a teaching spirit, you're experiencing, you're, he's counseling you. So a person that is wise will increase in that level of learning and why? Well, there's a number of different reasons, but according to verse 6, is to understand a proverb and the interpretation of the wise and their dark saints. Now, when someone like myself is revealing to you the allegorical perspective concerning a biblical story, then God may have more to say regarding that or in terms of how to apply it or how to understand it for your own life. Using myself as an example, when I begin the journey of learning how to study the Bible from allegorical perspectives from different... Uh, teaching resources. Well, what I did was I did Psalm 78 verses one through four. And it says, give ear O my people to my law and incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Now I went over this in the last episode, but the reason for this is it says here, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will speak dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known our fathers have told us we will not hide them from our sons or our offspring showing them to the generations to come and as i mentioned in the prior episode these things were taught in such a way they were called key of knowledge forms of instruction so if someone was breaking down a dark saying an allegory a parable a mystery or a type and shadow what they were doing was breaking it down in order for a hidden meaning to be revealed. And how they did so is through this process called give ear. Now, let me, what define what give ear means here. And I didn't share this in the last episode, but I want to make it clear. That word give ear, that phrase give ear is a Hebrew Hebrew word azan. And it means to broaden out the ear. Now, let me just give you a little uh, picture of this. To broaden out the ear is to kind of like do this. In other words if you notice if you cup your hand behind your ear you can hear better because you're broadening out the canal of your ear you're adding to it so that you can pick up more sound and then it goes on to say to incline your ears to the words of a mouth well the word incline there is defined as to and it's the hebrew word natah, and it means to stretch in other words it means to do this is to broaden your ears in other words pay attention and then Lean in close, incline your ear. And this is uh, the difference between hearers and listeners. Listeners will be more conscious or more aware of being said. And the same experience happens when we learn to hear the voice of God within. We no longer just become hearers of his inner word, but we become listeners. In other words, become more conscious of just not the hearing the voice of God, but conscious of what he is saying. And so all of that to say this, you know, a question that I asked in the last episode is, does traditional religion teach us from dark saints perspectives? I can't answer that for you, but in my case, I had very little to none, uh, you know, teaching at this level. So with all of that being said, the question that I asked in the last episode, does traditional religion teach from dark sayings perspectives? And remember what dark sayings were. These are key of knowledge type of instruction. In other words, what is the knowledge that we're ultimately trying to experience? If someone is teaching you biblical or spiritual knowledge, that knowledge comes in the umbrella of knowledge. But it should be purposed for you to experience the knowledge of God for every area of your life, and that experience should be happening within your mind, just like Jesus experienced and many other people experienced as human beings in the Bible. So, so I wanna add some importance because this is huge. It's important that we understand what the Bible has to say about these, what the Bible refers to, again, as dark sayings. Because when we understand them from these allegorical or from these deeper perspectives, As I mentioned to you before, what they reveal is a deeper meaning than what traditional religion conveys. And I want to share with you some content from what's called the Gospel of Thomas. Now, many of you may not consider this as scripture, but it's a very important document. And I'm not here to debate on what is scriptural or not. Because truth be told, in the modern day Bible that we have today, the 66 books or letters, as some people call them, 39 in the old, 27 in the new there is enough content in there to teach and train a person how to hear the voice of God for their own lives. But there are truth be told, according to uh, my understanding, according to God has revealed to me, other documents out there that are very, uh, for lack of a better expression, they're very scriptural, but we don't have them included in our modern day Bibles. And one of them is what's called the gospel of Thomas. And in that, gospel or in that book are supposedly 114 sayings they're dark sayings of jesus things that supposedly he actually quote and unquote said now when you study the the, the, the the matthew mark luke and john when you look at all of these 114 verses they they all relate the reason why i'm bringing up the gospel of thomas is because of the first three sayings that are found within it that says this. And this is Jesus speaking. And he said, whoever finds the interpretation of these sayings will not experience death. Remember, I shared with you before, he's not talking about a natural death. He's talking about experiencing chaos or confusion and we see that also being mentioned in the parable of the four soils when Jesus said how do you how can you understand all of the parables if you can't understand this one and remember what that parable was it was a parable about his prayer life and again i go into a prior episode about all that and also in the mystery of the of my book the mystery of prayer revealed i have a chapter just dedicated to that parable i break down All of the different uh, uh, views that we have in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And then when we put them all together, we have a more better picture. We have the full console, in other words, of what Jesus was actually teaching. And he was teaching about his own prayer life. The same thing with our Father Prayer. And you'll see a little bit more of that in the next episode. In saying, or in verse number two, it says, Jesus said, let him who seeks continue to seek until he finds. When he finds, he will become troubled. When he becomes troubled he will be astonished and he will rule over the all now there's a lot of content here and i'm not going to go through it uh in in its totality but reading these first two verses alone we understand that when a person understands what dark sayings or the interpretation are what they reveal is Light experience and the biblical understanding of the word light is illuminated knowledge. In other words, knowledge that God illuminates or shows you within your mind. So when you understand what dark sayings are and you begin to see them as teaching points so that you can experience the spirit of God within as a teaching spirit, well, the light goes on, in other words, you begin to experience illuminated knowledge that comes from the mind of God for every aspect of your life. Now, how does this happen? Jesus said it in verse two, according to the gospel of Thomas, let him who seeks continue to seek until what he finds until she finds. Remember, what does this line up? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Luke chapter 17, verse 21. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, for the kingdom of God is within you. And again, what is the righteousness of God? The righteousness of God is what you will find, and by doing so, you will become troubled. Because the trouble and the astonishment happens. When you understand what these things truly are, you begin to have this divine experience. And what you'll rule over is the all portions of your mind. You'll understand that a little bit better as I go through this episode and, of course, in the next episode. And then in saying or verse number three, it says, Jesus said, if those who lead you or teach you, say to you see the kingdom is in the sky then the birds will precede you if they say to you it is in the sea then the fish will precede you rather the kingdom of god is within you and it is outside of you and where it's most found outside of us is in other people by the way we all inherently carry this inner learning environment the unfortunate reality is many of us are not taught how to experience it so then it says once that happens When you come to know yourselves, notice the kingdom of God, when you come to know yourselves, then you will become known and you will realize that it is you who are the sons or the offsprings of the living father. And why? Because now you're being fathered by the spirit of God within. But if you will not know yourselves, you dwell in poverty and it is you who are that poverty. In other words if you don't know who you really are as a divine offspring of god we know this in um uh, superficially for lack of a better expression but when we really know it is when we experience it within that's what it means to be known in other words this is when we we are knowing god and what that word yada that i teach about in the books and also in prior videos this is when you're experiencing the knowledge of god so in doing so, as I mentioned before, what you'll begin to see is like, I, I can't say it no other way. When I began to understand and begin to experience what the voice of God sounded like and how it's experienced through discernment and primarily through the mental discipline and practice of meditation, in order to, you know, that's the only best way that I know, in order to position myself attentively as a student of God, I found out how poor I really was even though I wasn't poor, you know, in terms of resources and finances and, you know, all these other things. And it's, and I wasn't poor in religious teachings, anything. I was rich in that because I had those resources available to me, but it's not talking about this. It's talking about knowing yourself. So I was what I call poor hitting them uh, in that I had a very poor understanding of the poverty mentality that I had, because God wasn't teaching me through the riches and the treasure of his words. And this is why, once in a while, you'll see me talk about this warning that Jesus warned the people about the leaven or or the doctrine of the Pharisees. And the reason why he warned them is because they had taken away, remember, The key of knowledge forms of instruction. And for those of you who hear me for the first time, all the key of knowledge was, was using scripture in such a way. And part of that, again, was just understanding the allegories, the parables and mysteries in a way that revealed a deeper experience. And what happens when you experience that level of instruction from another human being what happens is that it unlocks the knowledge of God within your mind concerning every area of your life. And he accused them of saying, you don't enter it and you're hindering those that are trying to enter it as well. And this unfortunately is a sad reality of much of Christianity today. They still have taken away the key of knowledge. Some don't even know what it is, you know, so I'll I'll leave that there. But my point in that, is that unfortunately, many Christians are still in the dark because they don't understand some of the most important portions of Scripture from their dark sayings perspectives. And I mentioned before, I used to be one of them. So the whole story of the Garden of Eden is actually a large allegory. It's huge. It has parables within it. But the purpose of that story is to reveal that God has planted himself in Eden, and that's your body, And especially within the garden of your mind, that's synonymous with the kingdom of God. As I mentioned before in prior episodes, it's also referred to as the garden of God or the garden of the Lord. And Jesus called it the kingdom of God within. Now, I want to give a little commercial here. The birthplace of God in our lives is actually within our brains. You've you've heard me mention before when I was defining Psalms 139 verse 13, when we understand what the word possessed and reigns are in those in that verse the word possessed is a reference to god owning or, or or uh you know, putting ownership on it. And and the word reigns has to do with housing a resident king within your mind. And again, the deeper meaning and the more uh, drawn out definition of that is in prior episodes. And we all have that. Psalms 139 talks about how we're fearfully made, wonderfully made in our mother's womb and all this other stuff. And you've heard me talk about plenty of that as well. Well, this is when God begins within our minds. And there's Numerous portions of scripture that reveal that that I've shared in prior episodes and of course in my books Uh, But there's a documentary that I highly encourage you. I mentioned I think once before in the episode, but it's called uh, Nine months that made you and it doesn't talk about anything I'm going to share with you here in this episode But what it does it gives a lot of great content related to the different developmental stages that a, a child goes through within their mother's womb so when there are birth defects or some type of mental disorder or something something happened to that mother during her pregnancy or through the seed that she was impregnated with well this documentary kind of sheds a lot of light on that and the reason why i bring that up is because unfortunately life suffering for many of us and i'll include myself in this statement began or begins within our mother's womb. Two episodes from now, I'm going to be sharing an episode about life sufferings. You want to pay attention to that because one of the greatest forms of life suffering happens when our parents don't know who or what they're pregnant with. Remember, I've talked about inside information in prior episodes, how Jesus, the parents of Jesus, uh, which was you know the earthly parents of Joseph and Mary and the earthly parents of, of John the Baptist, Zacchaeus so and uh, and the uh, Elizabeth and uh, pronounce if I pronounce this wrong I apologize but how they had inside information about who they were pregnant with so what's important about that is that because they knew who and what they were pregnant with they were able to position their children in the proper environments. To carry on what was prophesied by these angels in, in the spirit of God concerning their life. Well, we should all, our parents should have experienced the same thing, and unfortunately, we don't. One of the other ways that we experience trauma within our mother's womb is when our mother, when our mother experiences some type of trauma in her life during the pregnancy stage, and that can happen in different ways: improper diet, uh, some type of stress, anxiety, abuse. Um, You know, there's different things, you know, alcohol and drug consumption while the pregnancy is happening. I mean, there's a lot of things that can happen. So I'm going to be sharing that in a future episode. So I just wanted to encourage you to watch this documentary. It's called Nine Months That Made You. And you can find it, on. I think it's on on Netflix. It may be on the um, uh, AMC channel. I believe it was another resource that was on for a while. And, uh, there's just do a Google search nine months that made you, and then you'll find out locally where it's being offered in terms of, you know, maybe some type of streaming uh, device or, or channel or whatever, but it's phenomenal. It really helped me to understand, uh, what happens in a mother's womb. So, and again, what I'm going to be sharing with you in this episode is not found in that documentary, but it does add. Uh, A lot of great value and content related to for us. under. Remember the poverty that Jesus said, if we don't know ourselves, then we're the poor one. That poverty is you. So it's important to understand what happened to us in our mother's womb. Because if we experience trauma from our mother's womb or even later on in life, we have a better understanding of how to introduce healing to our lives as a result of it. So we're not crippled for the rest of our lives because of it. So continuing this episode, this is where I want to get into the gist of what this human brain is that we have is all about. According to a neuroscientist who lived back in the, uh, actually he discovered this back in the 60s, mid to late 60s. His name was Paul McLean. Decades ago, he discovered three dominant structures of the human brain that typify three archetypes of biblical characters and mindsets. One of them is what is referred to as a spiritual mind. The nat- other one is the natural mind, and all the other one is the carnal mind, which line up with Adam, Eve, and the serpent mentioned in the Garden of Eden story. These dominant structures are referred to as the triune brain. They include the reptilian or lizard or serpent complex, the paleomammalian complex, and the neomammalian or the neocortex complex. This triune discovery reveals numerous aspects of our human existence, behavior, and thinking processes, including why we have the inherent potential to experience good knowledge. Remember, that's experiencing the tree of life. This is is what I call functional thinking through experiencing God as a teaching spirit for all areas of your life, including how to discern like he does. And then, our mind has the inherent potential to experience what the Bible refers to as knowledge of evil. This is knowledge that we get from God concerning anything that will cause us to dysfunction. Or remember, to experience evil and the behaviors that are produced by it. Remember, it's vitally important to understand that the tree was called the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And again, just for those of you experiencing this for the first time, you got to go back to the uh, the prior episode to understand why I'm saying what I'm saying. Because the story of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that portion of that parable part of the whole allegory of the Garden of Eden story is actually a story that reveals that we have the inherent potential to experience discernment of good and evil. Remember what is functional and what is dysfunctional for every area of our lives just like Jesus experiences. Now, going further into this triune brain model, this model suggests that the brain is divided into three parts. Now, of course, there's many parts of the brain, but these are the three main structures. And the way they describe them is that, they describe them as the human brain, the mammal brain, or the reptilian, or what they call the lizard or serpent brain. So in other words, mammals, have brains similar to what is called the limbic portion of our brains. We also have a portion of our brain that is very similar to serpents or lizards. What are lizards? They're snakes without feet. And so this is why it's called the reptilian brain. And then we have the top part of our mind, which is the human, what they call the human brain, which is called the neocortex. Neo is a reference to new, it actually has a frontal lobe and I won't go into all the deeper discussions about it. Do your own research. And it's fascinating because again, it lines up with Adam, Eve, and the serpent. Understanding the triune brain theory and the reality of, of the thinking process that come from within the different portions of our brains, within these dominant structures, actually help us to understand why we do what we do, good and evil. Now, what's referred to as a human brain, that's synonymous or likened to Adam. It's referred to as a conscious or reasoning brain. The Bible refers to this as the spiritual mind. The spiritual mind is what separates us from animals and gives us the ability to understand our world and in incredible fashion, it gives us language, consciousness, imagination, creativity, reasoning, and many other amazing abilities. Now, the mammalian brain, which is likened to Eve, is referred to as the emotional brain or the natural mind as the Bible describes it. It's responsible for much of our emotions, memories, and habits. It controls many of our quick decisions, but then it vacillates between two different thought or voice processes. One coming from the neocortex, in other words, a spiritual mind. Remember, that's where we experience God within our mind. That's experiencing good knowledge from Him. And the other is the serpent brain, which is referred to as the carnal mind. This is when we react to certain things without discernment of the source of thought. This is when we're experiencing evil or dysfunction, as I mentioned before and in prior episodes. And remember, this is what Eve did at the base of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Remember she was vacillating between what the serpent said and between Adam and God said, remember that? In other words, she was going in between two. Now, in positioning these portions of the brain, we have the neocortis on top. One right below that is the mammalian brain or what's called the limbic system as well. So we have Adam on top, even in the middle. And under that we have this next portion, which is the reptilian brain. And it, it is synonymous or likened to the serpent that we read about in the scriptures. And this is referred to as the reactive portion of the brain that doesn't discern. The Bible refers to this as the carnal mind is the survival part of our brain. Now all of all these parts of our brain have good functions, but when we don't understand the serpent brain, this is when things begin to go into dysfunctional processes or dysfunctional ways. And this is what I'm gonna be sharing with you in this episode and in the next. I wanna make sure that you have a better understanding of what the serpent is all about. So again, it's the survival part of the brain it's where we process things related to food, fight or flight, in other words, when we're in danger, and also where our sexual instincts come from. This is all related to coming from the serpent brain. If not understood and controlled, it will rule over much of our higher nature sections of the brain. And by higher nature, I'm talking about the limbic or the Eve and the Adam portion. You know, once again, that's the mammalian and also the neocortex this may be why humans have such a hard time evolving into peaceful beings truth be told this is how iniquity affects the brain this is the root cause of why we have so much suffering on this earth is because we don't understand this portion of our mind what comes to my mind right now is uh, politics and I, I don't like to bring politics into things that i share but Lately, we've had a number of uh, numerous political leaders, even in the position of president, that are functioning more so from the serpent brain than from the natural or from the mammalian, and definitely not from the animal brain, because of the decisions or character issues they have. Think about other world leaders that suppress people in different ways. They function from the serpent brain, and you'll get more understanding of this in later, later on in this episode and also in the next episode as to why I say that. Unfortunately, when the very strong reptilian or serpent brain takes control, the neocortex, in other words, where we experience God consciousness, what the Bible refers to as a spiritual mind, is nearly powerless. Thus, the term amygdala hijacking has been created to help us understand what happens to us when we are faced with extreme anger, hatred, fear, anxiety, and stress. Again, I would highly encourage you to study this out, to research your own in order to understand what I'm saying here. But The amygdala is kind of the go-between. In other words, what do I do with this? This is actually what encourages us to go into a discernment mode. And I'll leave that there. And we'll talk about more of that in the future as I did in the past in terms of how to discern the voice of God. But I'm just simply want to bring some new information in terms of what part of our brain is what helps us to to decide whether or not we give in to that reactive fear or whatever it is. You know, one of the big ones in, in, in traditional religion is the fear of hell or eternal hell or a devil this is where we process that information so if the upper part of your brain or in other words god isn't teaching you about that fear then mm, maybe we shouldn't fear that until we learn to hear the voice of god concerning what eternal hell is and all that and i'm not going to go into all these different things but in my life i'm going to just talk about my life god has never taught me about an eternal hell and he's never taught me about a literal sentient being devil on the contrary he's taught me about how i experience evil within and how i've experienced hell on this earth the different sufferings that i've gone through now this is not to say that there isn't no devil. i'm not once again talking about the devil in terms of the evil because this is the religion teaches us that the serpent was the devil and all these other things well i'm just simply sharing with you a deeper perspective related to the serpent mind. And every human being, I don't care how much Holy Ghost you have or how much Bible knowledge or degree, degrees you have in, in theology or whatever, we all have it. So in these right images, these are some things that for those of you who are watching this on the YouTube channel, you can kind of go ahead. And these are things that I lifted off of Google. You can find this, it's, it's, it's all out there for free. And you can find more content related to these this brain theory. But the reason I want to bring it out in this episode is because it relates, again, to Adam, Eve, and the serpent. And what the Bible talks about, this, uh, what it refers to as the spiritual mind, the natural mind, and the carnal mind. Let's look at the spiritual mind. Again, that's the neocortex. That word neo means new. Remember, renewing of the mind. Remember Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2? Well, this is where it happens. Again, so the spiritual mind is the Adam or the God conscious. This is the God mind. This is what I call it. And this is where all of these things that I have in the scriptures take place. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct them? But we have the mind of Christ. Again, that's the Adam brain. Uh, walking in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the, uh, of the flesh. You see the verses that are related to that. That's where that happens. Walking in the spirit is hearing from the spirit of God. So that you know how to walk or how to do life. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. That happens again in the Adam or in the spiritual mind. Uh, how, when Jesus, when, when the Bible talks about how... Uh, It was uh, uh, about his prayer life where it says, he awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as I learn. I talk about plenty of that. That happened again in his spiritual mind in the neocortex. Now, uh, this whole thing about uh, what do we find in Isaiah chapter eight verse eighteen, and we find other references to this, where the Bible co- talks about this is the Lord speaking. Come, let us reason together. Remember what reasoning is? Reasoning is having conversation with God. Where God gives you His reasons why you should do this, and you give Him your reasons why you should do this. You know, in other words, somehow you come to a middle ground, and eventually, of course, the goal is to live out and to know what the will of God is. So, but God is a reasoning God. God wants to have conversation with us regarding the things that are pertaining to our life so that we can learn how to reason those things out of our lives that don't serve us. And again, this is where the transformation of our mind happens. So when we see be transformed by the renewing of your mind, this is where it happens. It happens in your neocortex. This is where the throne is. Remember the right side? I talked about that in the prior episode, the east side, the portal of worship, uh, the definition referring to seek. This all happens pretty much in the right hemisphere of our mind. Now, when you try to hear the voice of God, I'm not saying that you got to you know, close one eye and, and try to get on the right side. This is not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is that from a neural uh, brain perspective, this is what is com- being conveyed here because of what it happens on the right side of the hemisphere and what happens in the frontal lobe of the brain. And this is why, again, I encourage you to do your own research. I'm still in the research mode and I'm fascinated by this content because it aligns up with scripture. And most importantly, it aligns up with what a person experiences within their mind when they're experiencing the mind of God as a teaching spirit, for every area of their lives, including what is evil or dysfunctional in their lives. So in the spiritual mind, this is where the voice or the thoughts of God is experienced and where the thought process or the voice of reasoning is experienced. So we have two thought processes, the voice of God, and it's it's related to the voice of reasoning. This is when you're having conversations with God. That happens in the spiritual mind. John chapter four, verse 24 says, God is a spirit and they who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. This is where that happens. It's impossible to worship God in spirit and truth unless truth is revealed to you by the spirit of God. So this is where that God to God, remember God, the divine being and God, us as small g gods in terms of sons or or daughters or offsprings of God, this is where big spirit, in other words, the spirit of God teaches our spirit This is where that communication and education happens. And again, this is where true worship happens within our minds. Now let's go into the natural mind, the mammalian brain. This is the Eve. It's referred to as the subconscious mind. The Bible says, but the natural man or woman does not receive the things of the spirit for they are foolishness to him or her, nor can he or she know them because they are spiritually discerned. Now, This is why it's important to learn how to discern. Remember what discernment is? It's studying thoughts to determine their origin, where they come from. They come from me, they come from God, or they come from another source, an evil source, or from an outside source. And again, when I talk about an evil source, I'm not talking about a devil. I hope that I I, I have to continue to make that clear because we give the, the devil too much credit. For a lack or, uh, of, of knowledge concerning our thinking processes. So within the natural mind, this is where we think about God. So thoughts about God happen here. Remember Eve? Eve was thinking about God, but because she didn't discern, she, she gave into the serpent or the carnal mind when she should have given into the, the spiritual mind. In other words, what God had to say. So this is where your voice or thought process happens, in that Eve part or in the middle, what they call the limbic portion of the brain. But yet it's absent of discernment. The mammalian, or again, what's called the limbic brain, mediates between thoughts, between two different types of impulses. One again, this is why I, I shared with you before, every human being, even the atheist, hears God, they're just not aware of it. Remember that. They vacillate between that portion of the mind and the serpent brain. And it's the same thing with believers. All believers hear the voice of God. We just need to learn how to discern and then to position our minds to learn, you know what I'm saying, from God. Too many of us get a word only. you know what I'm saying, from God. God has a lot more than just a word. God has conversations. He has stories to tell you. He has things to reveal to you. And they can't happen in the natural mind. They have to be, again, spiritually discerned. So the vacillation within the natural mind, one comes from logic or the atom of the spiritual mind. And the other one comes from the reactive or the, what's called the carnal mind, the Bible or the serpent brain. And again, as I mentioned before, this is what Eve did at the base of the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the garden story. Remember, she was vacillating between two thought processes, what the, what the serpent revealed to her and also what Adam and God, Spoke, And again, she gave into the serpent's knowledge versus the logical, the Adam or the God knowledge. Now, the carnal mind, this is the reptilian or the serpent brain. This is the unconscious or the non-discerning reactive part of our brain. This is the primary part of our mind where deception and a lack of thoughts concerning God are experienced. This is where we experience the voice or the thought process of evil. In other words, dysfunction. When we give into this portion of the reactive portion versus discerning and then reacting, then we've given into some form of dysfunction, some form of evil. So again, this is where we experience and react to evil and dysfunction from our lives, but not from an actual devil source. And we're going to go into this a little bit more, but Romans chapter eight verses six through eight has a whole lot to say about this because it simply states, for to be carnally minded is death. Remember what? Uh, what death is. It's not a reference to a natural dying. It's a reference to experiencing chaos and confusion in our mind because we're not experiencing the spiritual mind. That has to be quickened or livened for a lack of a better expression. And as a result, we'll experience the latter part of this verse where it says, to be spiritually minded is life And peace. Remember, I share with you what that means. To experience life and peace is when God is teaching you about your life, which will give you peace concerning every aspect of your life. Because the carnal mind is enmity or is in opposition against God, it is not subject to the law of God, neither can be. So then they who are in the flesh cannot please God. Remember what the law of God is. Many people uh, just put that that term law of God on Scripture. No, we missed it. The law of God is actually another expression to hearing the voice of God for our lives. So in other words, remember laws, what they do, create order. So when God is speaking to you, he's given you laws in order to establish order in every facet of your life. Now let's talk a little bit more about the serpent brain. Why is it called the serpent or reptile brain? Well, it looks like a reptile and functions like the brain of a snake, lizard, and other reptiles. It lacks language. Its impulses are instinctual and ritualistic. Think about religion. It's concerned with fundamental needs related to survival, self-defense, dominance, self-preservation, and mating. It does not discern. It only computes taking care of me behavior. In Christian terminology, it's called the carnal mind. It's impulse reactive primarily through experiencing fear, anxiety, and selfishness. It feels more safe when it's in like-minded herds or groups. Remember when Jesus called the religious group a brood of vipers? That's a herd of vipers. A brood is actually a, a bunch of, of snakes. Of, you can have a brood of cattle, a brood of sheep. You know, saying I'm gonna go here. But anyways, all that to say this is that. This is where that type of behavior is lived out of. It's, again, coming from the serpent mind. This is also where lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life behaviors are constructed. And you'll find that in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 16. This is also where the Bible calls strongholds in our life are put into action. This is why it's so important to learn how to discern and learn from God, because all of these things that are classified as strongholds in our lives, they no longer have a hold of us because God gives us remedies to let them go. And so they can, you know, as the Bible or some religious people say, so they can loosen themselves from our lives. Well, all of this happens as a result of understanding the serpent brain better. So the three main behaviors of the serpent brain that feeds all of its behaviors are anger selfishness and fear they are what provide the energy to activate the other behaviors on various levels this is where negative non dissert thoughts and reactive behaviors behaviors come from you have heard people that commit horrendous crimes and say i don't remember what i did or it was all a blur Or you remember yourself getting upset and saying things that you don't even remember and didn't mean when you felt threatened in some way. Well, again, this is what the serpent brain does. It reacts. It doesn't think things through. It doesn't discern. Again, it only reacts. This is why it's so important to understand how we think, because if we don't, we're always going to be at that poverty stage that I mentioned in uh, what uh, Jesus had to say about according to the Gospel of Thomas. And the reason why that's important is because we have the potential to act before thinking and do things that we later regret. We call this phenomena experiencing guilt or sin. But it's a healthy thought process that should lead to a medicinal experience to remedy whatever is out of order in your life. So we are not guilty of the sin of Adam and Eve as traditional religion teaches. It's important to remember that we are to confess our sin according to 1 John 1, verses six through 10. But we also have the potential to experience remedy for them according to the instructions that we hear from God within our minds. This is part of the constructive side of the serpent brain that I'll be sharing in the next episode. One of the beautiful things about confessing our sins—some people just looked at, you know, uh, experienced that through prayer mainly, or you know, through saying something. But God, forgive me for this. Forgive me for this. But we miss it. The purpose of asking God is for forgiveness is to have conversation with God concerning that sin or that guilt, so that we can remedy that. So if one submits to the fear in the serpent brain, all the triggers and switches to the frontal lobes of the neocortex will be shut down the amygdala is turned off, thus causing the instincts of the serpent brain to become fully engaged. At this point in your life, your entire mind has submitted to what Paul calls another law. Let's see what he has to say about this. Romans chapter 8, verses 5 and 7. You heard me share this in prior episodes. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds, remember that separate brain, the carnal mind, on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit on the things of the spirit. Again, that's experiencing the spiritual mind. For to be carnally minded is death. In other words, remember, chaos or confusion, but to be spiritually minded is what? It's life and peace. And again, Remember the law of God, to be spiritually minded is to experience laws from God through hearing and learning from him. Because the carnal mind is enmity. And that word enmity, a lot of people put the word hatred on that word. It's not a reference to hatred. Even though you'll see that definition in some of the more modern, traditional, biblical uh, study tools. It's actually a reference to having adversarial thinking against God. Remember, adversary What is Satan? What is the devil? Our adversary. So the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law law of God, nor can it be. And how could it be? Or how can it not be? I should say is because again, you're not hearing the voice of God, the law of God for for your life. Romans chapter seven, verse 21. This is what Paul had to say. I find then a law when I will to do right, evil is present with me for I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. Remember, that's hearing the voice of God. That's good knowledge. But I see another law in my members warring against this law of my mind and bringing me into the captivity of the law of sin being in my members. So stay there for a while. Meditate on these two portions of scripture in relation to what I'm sharing with you concerning the serpent brain And you'll see what Paul was referring to was things that he was going through in that portion of his mind that was worn against the spiritual mind. And he wasn't talking about a devil. Even these verses that that talk about uh, that he had a thorn on his side. You know, a lot of people think that, say, that that was the devil. You know what I'm saying? Well, the thorn on his side was, again, he was learning how to use his mind according to the original purpose that God gave it to him, and that was to experience his mind as a teaching spirit. This is why when you read the story about him in the the book of Corinthians, when it talks about he knew of someone who went to the third heavens, and and he he didn't want to brag or boast about it and all this other stuff. He wasn't talking about nobody else. He was talking about himself. But as he said, he couldn't brag or boast about it because people wouldn't believe him. And this is why it's important to understand that Paul is an awesome representation, an example of a religious person becoming a spiritually enlightened person by hearing the voice of God for their lives. Remember what religious people do. They get their knowledge from other people. All right. But that type of religion should introduce you to this other type of, 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 of spirituality or type of learning. And that is learning from God within your mind. And there is so much I can, I can say about Paul's life, about the three days that he spent with Ananias and the, and the reason why he was gone. And maybe in a future episode, I'll share some of that knowledge that I have concerning that. But the reality is that Paul, again, is a great example of a person like myself who was a traditional religious to the max. And it served me. Remember, I'm not doubting it. I'm not saying it was all bad. But the point is, like Paul. When he talked about the religion of his fathers and and the Jewish, being part of the Jewish sect, you know, all this other stuff, and according to, you know, doing things according to the tradition of his fathers, this is what religion does today, the tradition of their fathers. In other words, this doctrine is taught because it's part of our denomination. So we must teach it in this generation, in this generation, this generation. But remember, beware of the Pharisees, the leaven, their leaven. What was Jesus talking about? Their doctrine, okay? So enough of that. So all of life's destructive sufferings and evil, remember what evil is, dysfunction, strongholds, iniquity, originate from the serpent or the reptilian brain, hence the need for discernment. Remember again, it's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So God, the divine revealer, will also provide you, he's the giver of remedies concerning those things that are evil or dysfunctional in your life. Romans eight and six, as we mentioned before, to be carnal mind is death, or to experience chaos or confusion. So again, to repeat Romans eight and six, remember the carnal mind cannot be subject to the law of God. In other words, the carnal mind cannot hear the words of God. That's why we once again have to elevate our mindset, for a lack of a better expression, to understand what the spiritual mind is, what the neocortex is, what the right part of the hemisphere is. And and like I said, do your own research. And if you research it, let it bless you. Because what you'll find is a lot of the research that is out there relating to the the things I'm sharing with you now in terms of brain and all that stuff, it lines up with scripture all day. So when our minds are not subject to the law of God, in other words, hearing the voice of God, we'll always be falling and sinning from this type of mindset. By living from the autopilot of our lower brain without discernment, we are constantly deceiving ourselves into seeking desires and influences that do not serve us. This mindset will always result in you being cast out of your garden as well. Now, I know this one is a little bit longer than normal, but to summarize all of this, I want to just bring out these points. And that is this, the foundational purpose that God created the human mind is to reside within it for the purpose of experiencing his mind as a father guiding and a teaching spirit for every area of our lives. In the Garden of Eden story, the trees of knowledge of good and evil and of life represent discerning like God and learning from God. Remember, go back to episode one in order to understand that. These revelations that I'm sharing with you give us more understanding as to why Isaiah chapter 45 verse 7 says God created evil. Remember the serpent portion of our brain, but he didn't create that portion of our brain in order for us to experience dysfunction or evil. That wasn't the intention. It's that because we don't know how it thinks or how it reacts. better said, is that we begin to do things that are dysfunctional or evil in our lives. Much of mankind, continues to react in this part of the brain versus hearing God within their minds teach them how to discern so that proper reaction takes place concerning the mental impulses that the serpent brain receives. Remember, as I said to you before, in these uh, different sayings of Jesus, according to the Gospel of Thomas, and according to, if you're not into the Gospel of Thomas, that's fine, but it's also found in, in the Gospel of Matthew and... And in Luke and in between all of that, that is this, what you see in these sayings are the same thing that you'll find in your modern day Bible. So again, when you come to know yourselves, then you will become known and you will realize that it is you who are the sons or the offsprings of the living father. But if you will not know yourselves, you dwell in poverty and it is you who are that poverty. And another way that I can say this is that we know that we're all children of God. We don't know that we're all offspring of God. But when you become a son a son or a daughter of God, functionally is when you position or learn to how to position yourself, how to learn from the Father within you. That's when you become known and you will realize how much of the reality is that you are a spirit being first before you became human. But if you don't do so, you will not know yourselves and you dwell in poverty. And it is you who are that poverty. Unfortunately, experiencing poverty of the mind is like experiencing punishment or suffering from a crime that you don't even know that you committed. I share this story in the mystery of iniquity revealed that when I discovered what iniquity was and what the serpent brain is now, one of my reactions that I felt was that I felt as though I was guilty of breaking a law that I didn't even know I was guilty of. And that's what the the law that I was breaking that I was broken in my life was that I wasn't hearing the law of God within my mind. I wasn't hearing and much less learning from him. Instead, as a result, I was guilty of living a great portion of my life from what Paul said from another law when he said an evil, Is present with me or dysfunction is present with me you know that's this is why you know For those of you have heard my testimony and all this other stuff how I went through my whole religious education and once again major upgrade to how I used to be before that but it was missing one huge component I was never taught how to go within my mind in order to experience the spirit of God himself as a teaching spirit for every area of my life But now, as Romans chapter 7, verse 22 says, I now delight, Julio now delights in the law of God according to the inward man. Remember what the inward man is? It's the spirit man. In other words, the Bible talks about the spirit man. It's the spirit. It's the spirit that God gave you. It's what makes you an offspring of God. We think that poverty is only about being hungry, naked, homeless, or lacking finances. Yet the greatest form of poverty is a lack of understanding the four inherent thinking processes of the mind. When we don't understand the original purpose of the human mind, misuse and abuse of it is inevitable. And as I've mentioned to you numerous times before, the original purpose that God created the human mind is to experience his mind within it as a father guiding, as a teaching spirit. And this is the reason why we have these, these verses that I keep bringing out because once again, this is what we should be doing as believers. And that is, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. Remember, that's synonymous with the garden of God within your mind. And as a result, you'll experience his or God's righteousness. What is God's righteousness? It's the right words that you hear and learn from him within your mind. And where does this happen? Luke chapter 17, verse 21. Where did he say this kingdom was or this garden is within your mind? so i hope that this episode was a blessing to you that it gave you a little bit deeper understanding of what dark sayings and their purpose and their intention is in terms of why the scriptures are written in that way and the revelations that we have to glean from them in order to understand their original purpose and also a greater understanding of how the mind works in terms of how the mind is actually likened according to the neurosciences, according to the Bible, uh, likened to Adam, Eve, and the serpent. So that we understand better how to think now in the next episode, part four of this, I'm going to show you how to dress and keep the garden within your mind, including your tree of knowledge of good and evil, just like Jesus dressed and kept his as a human being. And as I mentioned before, if you want to go ahead, some of the clues of this are found in some of Jesus' parables, primarily in the parable of the four soils and in the Our Father Who Art in Heaven prayer lesson that he taught concerning his very own prayer life. And then I'm going to be sharing with you also a deeper perspective as to why Jesus was led by the Spirit of God to be tempted by the devil or Satan, though the Bible states that God doesn't tempt. So in that, I'm going to show you what I call the constructive side of the serpent brain and temptation. You know, as 1 Corinthians chapter 10 states, no temptation has taken you but what is common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you, allow you to be tempted above what you are able, but with that temptation will also make a way of escape so that you will be able to bear it. And how does he provide that way of escape? By teaching you what that way is and about details related to that temptation. Again, the next episode is going to be a little bit juicy. So make sure you stick around for that. James chapter one, verses 12 through 14 says this blessed is the man who endures temptation for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which is the, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted. How? When he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Remember the serpent brain? Then when his desires are conceived, he gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth chaos and confusion. In other words, death. So make sure that you stick around for this next episode because I'm going to be blessing you with some knowledge that I'm almost sure that you haven't seen with in terms of what I mean about the constructive side of the serpent brain. Now, for those of you who are looking for more content regarding the constructive side of the serpent, Satan or devil, I have plenty of content related to this in the mystery of the kingdom of God revealed, specifically in chapter 11 called Evil and the Kingdom of Satan. Within that chapter, subchapters that I have in there is, I talk about Satan's influence according to Paul and Peter. I talk about what is iniquity. I give you my personal testimony of recognizing the serpent or the enemy within my own life, and then I also give you uh, what was was meant by warning lest Satan should get advantage of you. For we are not ignorant of his devices, and then we and many of us are ignorant of his devices when we don't understand against our how do we think. So we'll leave that one there. And then in that chapter also, I talk about evil within. I talk about the four inherent voice processes that I share with you in this and prior episodes and the six six types of consciousness that they produce. And in there, I have a a subchapter called Enemy Awareness. And this again, remember when Jesus was led by the Spirit of God to be tempted by the devil? I give you the constructive side of that. And then I also have a subchapter within that chapter called Study the Serpent. Remember when Jesus said, be wise as serpents? You'll see more content related to that in that same book in chapter 16, When I break down some of the content related to the letters, the seven letters that Jesus wrote to the seven churches, in there I have a subchapter called The Synagogue of Satan that would add, again, more content to what I'm sharing with you. Now, in that book, I don't have all the things about the triune brain, but once you read that content, you'll understand what I mean to in terms of the different thinking processes related to those portions of our mind. So again, there's much more content found within my book. My books are called the Mystery Revealed series. So if you want to learn about iniquity, Mystery of Iniquity Revealed, that's what happens in the serpent brain. That's where it originates from. Um, And then the Mystery of Prayer Review, this is where I do all the breakdown of Jesus' prayer life. I have two chapters about the Our Father Prayer He taught to show you a deeper perspective than what is tradition conveyed and experienced through that teaching. And then, of course, my last book, The Mystery of the Kingdom of God, I gave you a ton of content. That where I mentioned some of the prior things that I just said, but then I go off and I share with you what this kingdom of God truly is within you. And then I share with you two chapters related to the five ministry on how if they taught things according to the perspective that we have in my book, the church, the world, God, self, our communities would be better served. Because we would all be functioning from that higher nature, the higher part of the brain, from the spiritual mind. And we will understand and keep into submission those reactive parts of the serpent brain that don't serve us well. So if you haven't done so already, you're welcome to check out my website at www.julioalvaradojr.com. And of course, you're welcome to subscribe to my YouTube and/or podcast channels. And if you do, make sure you click the notification button and then do me a favor and share the links with others if you believe that there'll be a blessing to them. So as always, until the next episode, stay encouraged, stay blessed, and always remember that the greatest learning environment that you and I have access to on this earth is already inherently present within our minds. And with that environment comes the greatest spiritual teacher that you ever experience, and that's the Spirit of God himself. That's where you experience the garden of Eden. So until the next episode again, stay encouraged, stay blessed. Peace.